That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestlemania. Alongside for the ride is the man that was supposed to be in a singles match. No, maybe a tag match. Nope, sorry. We're going to change it again to a six-man tag. JC. Holla, 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 player. I'm going to make that a six-man tag match. A six-woman tag match. No, oh, by the way, our main match on this week's pay-per-view, six-man tag. This It was Nestlemania Monday on Raw, and they celebrated him in no other way than having a six-man tag of Palooza, but Nestlemania. We're going to get to Wrestlemania backlash predictions. We're going to hit the beach and go beach break in with NXT. Hit on a pretty mid-looking week of A-Dub uh, as they prepare for Double O Nothing. They do have movie graphics, though. We can talk about that, too. And uh, we're going to get into all that. And we're going to get into the not-so-great six-man tag stuff. But, Nestlemania, how do we start this show? We start this show every single week in the shine. Much like Mandy Rose always in the shine. But we're going to start Nestlemania because, you know, for those of you watching the video version... There's something there on the bottom of the screen. What does it say, Nestlemania? It says, too sweet, baby! Yeah, give me one. Give me one. Mm, right on the camera. Yeah. It's a tough, tough visual. But look at that. Um, so, obviously, AJ Styles, feuding with Edge. They have their uh, payoff match on Sunday. Uh, AJ beat Damian Priest, so that means Damian Priest is barred from ringside. But you know what? Edge and Priest, they're kind of jerks. They kind of wanted to lay out some judgment on AJ Styles. But you know what that means? AJ needs a friend, WrestleMania. And if we're looking back in the history of wrestling, long before WWE, you know, AJ and Finn kind of, they kind of got a lot in this group, this group. You know, there was a, there was a different kind of version of it in WWE called the club. But uh, these two, you know, I believe Finn was the founder of it, the bullet club. So when those two get together and they too sweet in the rain and they have a little hug and a kiss, uh, every virgin in the world goes nuts. And WrestleMania, in this scenario, I'm with you. I stand with all, everyone on this, because I wanted this. I want this. They've teased this a million times. They've never done it. I don't think it's going to be anything more than this, but for this week and this feud, it's exactly what we needed. So for me, biggest shine of the week, baby. Too sweet. You went hard on that very quickly. I just wanted to let you know that. I, I was sitting here thinking you talked about something else that maybe was exciting. I don't know. I was it. excited, dude. That was awesome. I don't know. I mean, they, dude, they did it already. So I, I looked at it like, who, who gives cares a fan shit? service, man? Who gives Sometimes you just got to service your fans. Service, you service your fans. Service them? Yeah. Oh, my God. With a hand gesture? That's that's wow. servicing them? Yeah. Uh, servicing a lot of people get service with hand gestures. Servicing them to me is when they become a club. That's service with a smile. Maybe they will. I don't think I they will personally, it. but I, hey, I you know highly, what? As a little fun. Highly doubt it. Highly doubt need it. a friend, man. Need a friend. Look, I, like I said last week in my hope, there needs to be somebody. There needs to be somebody that goes up against this. You know what I mean? It's tough. And here we are. So I, I'm okay with it becoming, but if they're a club, I'm in. If they're not, they're just some union schmucks that just get together so that the judgment day can beat them. I don't care. All but right. Again, here's an exercise. 
if they do become a club, who else do you want to see added? Oh, that's a good one. Well, we got to think mm-hmm. about tit for tat here. We got to think about Edge and AJ are, you know, equals. We think about this point, Priest and I could guess Balor are sort of equals. You think Rhea is going to be there. So the opposite of Rhea would be Liv, right? Makes sense. I would think. I don't know if you think Champa, who's the opposite of Champa, that'd probably be Ali, right? So now we're getting that into work. this, this, this uh, hodgepodgey kind of thing. Against oh, the- man, if they put Ali, Balor, and AJ together, like, yeah. that is, like, smart mark, like, heaven. Oh, yeah. That would work. I think that would really work. It's flip-flopping good times. That's what it is. Yeah. It's absolutely that. And, and I understand that people are excited about it. And you should get excited. It's wrestling, for Christ's sake, right? Like, you turn on the TV, you got to get excited or not. Like, change the channel. So, I get that. I get that fully. But I, I'm, I'm just surprised you went that hard that quickly. I didn't. I told him this. this, We talked about how it wasn't a great week. This was something I'm going to remember from this week as a cool moment. And when they posted that picture, when WWE posted the picture of the two of them in the back, oh my God, me like everyone else was like, my mouth was watering. I was like, I want more. This is great. These two fucking beautiful men together is fantastic. It'd be a good tag team. Let's put it that way. It'd be a fun tag team because they're not going to get the title anytime soon. So let them do something cool like this, right? Like let them, let them do it. I, I can be talked into it, but I think everybody's blowing their minds over a hand gesture is a little obscene to me. I, I just, I don't know. That's We've just blown our minds over worse. Nestle you made me, if you look below, he made me folks. If you're watching the video portion, it says too sweet. That's the label of our podcast this week. Well, you wanted to name it like six person. And I was like, no, that's boring. Our podcast in WrestleMania is too sweet to have a shitty title like that. Too sweet. Too sweet. It's fine. It's fine. Let's not talk about it. Anything else that you're very excited about this week? Could be anything, really. Uh, yeah, my fighting champion over on SmackDown. We're going to stick right uh, right here with uh, my boy Ricochet. Beat Shanky. Oh, he's seven feet tall, and you can't teach that. More on that later. But uh, I will say, like, it's just it's, so what I love to see when I, when Ricochet won that IC title. I'm like, I want this on TV more. I want it defended more. I want it to feel more of, like, that fun TV fighting championship. He's brought that. He's had a bevy of opponents. But we did have a little uh, little, little uh, bit of something else going on at the end of the match. Shanky walked out on his boy Jinder. Poor Jinder's getting hindered by everyone, even Shanky. Shanky giving the shimmy. That's what I'm going to say. The shanky, 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 yeah. Shanky, yeah, sure, shanky. Sh- we're going from shimmy, shimmy to shanky, shanky. Now we got to get a tag team with the shimmy, shanky, shanky. Shimmy, shimmy. That's what we're going to do. Los Lotharios featuring shanky. Shanky. Shimmy, shanky. That's what I'm doing. That's strictly just for the Joe stopper because he's oh, not here right word. now. But God damn it, Joe. I know you're going to love that. And if you don't, I don't know you anymore. Uh, anything else that you're very excited about? Because honestly, I'm looking at a lot of heat this week. I'm just throwing it yeah, out there. Yeah, I, I have. See, that's why we're, like, I'm going to these things that are kind of like more in the middle of the card because I thought the intermediate stuff this week was solid. Um, so for me, the other things that I liked, I liked uh, Raquel debuted against Kat Cardoza, who they should sign immediately. What a fantastic talent. Uh, but that was a good way to get, like, they're giving Raquel the Veer and uh, Gunther treatment. Right, listen, just get her on TV. Listen, we, this is a jobber knocker, baby. We talk about this every single time. Yeah, it's beautiful. Week. And you know, Veer had a jobber, and the jobber had a pre-match interview in yes! WrestleMania. Yes, and uh, listen, listen, regardless of whether it was good or bad, I thought it was fine. But it was it, good. It was good, right? He he did his thing about, hey, I'm, I'm here in, uh, you know, the, the in the mean streets of, you know, what was it, uh, Greensboro, I was going to say Greenwich. Greensboro, baby. Greensboro, baby, which has a lot of history in wrestling. So it was interesting. The crowd got him. He named a, a place down the street, which he may or may not have worked out. That's fine. Got a pop for that. And then Veer ate him like a lion, like Lion King. That's what he is. He's Lion King, folks. He's got a nice mane. He, he's a, it's a beautiful mane, really. I mean, he's he, he might be the most good-looking monster I've seen in a long time. Interesting. Like good looking, okay. not like like Braun was like an Ophi, but like he had like, but he he not that Braun isn't pretty. He is in his own way, 
But I think that. Did you something... see his wedding outfit when he went I to Alexa Bliss's wedding? I know. Look at he, that. Looked, great. he looked like a stick of gum for crying out loud. But it was fine, right? Who uh, wears, by the way, who wears Crocs to a, uh, to a wedding? I don't know. But that's why. I, I, I think, like most people, just like when Mox was at uh, yeah. Carmella and Corey's, I think they can change when they get to the reception. I mean, there's some people like who just like they can't stay in suits. Like, no. you know, they just like, ah, like in Braun and John Moxley seem to fit that. Moxley definitely wore his Cincinnati Bengals shirt, and Renee made him wear a dress up shirt during, and you, you could tell. <laughs> He took it off and put on his leather jacket because that you know it is what it is. It's just so hey, freaking funny. It is a gimmick, baby. It is. I don't really have like I I, I had the jobber alerts in here because Bert Hansen did a great job, like you said as well. Uh, there's so many like fun things, the things that hurt my feelings in the jobber alerts. So when Shayna Baszler loses the jobber alert for like the seventeenth fucking time, it seems in the last year, that's a rough one for me. Especially probably on another one next week too. So well, for I her. Mean, Natty will probably lose very quickly. I mean, no, I think it's Sasha Shayna next week. They're is just it? Shayna's. I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was Natty. Natty's wrestling tonight in WrestleMania Tuesday oh, night. Oh, excuse me, Tuesday night Natty. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm she's sorry. getting. She's gonna get the Nakita treatment. The Nakita. So. Yeah. La Femme Nakita. Oh yeah, and we're gonna get there because I know for a lot of people that she looks like Mandy is always in the shine. But WrestleMania, I will say the other my other big like pillar this week of things that I liked was Miss TV. Oh, well, but it I was Miss. Well, yes, I agree with you to a certain extent. I Well, yes, because, I mean, the, the part that I love the most is Miz is so good at just doing something little that I feel like is like he's such a dick about it that it gets the person over more. Just calling him Moost was fucking genius. He just kept saying, oh, Moost, refusing to call him Mustafa. And then uh, uh, Theory, when he comes out, he goes, Moost. Or, and he purposely doesn't say Mustafa. He says, like, he's like, oh, Mustafa. He, like, purposely mispronounced his knees. Like, that's a dick heel thing to do. And with Ali, it's like we're doing this slow build. He hasn't been on TV for a while. He's been a heel for years. So we know like the internet community is big on him, but we got to get the crowds to get big on him. So the best way to do that, it's like we saw it in Corbin uh, with Madcap on SmackDown. Well, your guy on Raw is The Miz, Echo Kevin Owens, and they're working on uh, whatchamacallit here in Ezekiel. So I think this was a good TV. I thought Mustafa continues to come off strong as we build him as a baby face here, obviously, you know, you get the handicap match and those are never fun, but you know, it was just, I just miss in theory. There's something about them together where it is. It is a lot of fun. We talked about it last week. And then, I mean, it's weird because it seems like Mustafa Ali's kind of leading into a theory feud, but he's really not. His feud seems to be with Champa who for the second week in a row just attacked him without saying anything. And, I'm assuming what they're going for here is that, you know, Champa was kind of had those couple interviews in a row where it's been like, oh, he's going to have his debut on Raw. And Mustafa's kind of been one of those guys that's kind of maybe stolen his spotlight. So I'm guessing we're probably doing a few to that, which I don't mind because it's not often we get the two debuting guys going against each other. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't. It definitely like lost a little bit of steam. But the talk segments, man, like just putting Miz out there with him, it's a great opportunity for them to do it. I love like the mic not work thing and then how it backfired on Miz. It's just it's just the little things with Miz, man. He does them so well, and everyone is a winner because of it. I was surprised that it went as long as it did. It felt like it went a little too long for me because it felt like they could have made their point and got out of there and got right into the matchup, which is what I was accepting and, and, and liking to a certain extent. Like I like the pairing of Theory and Miz. I think that's wonderful for both of them because it gives Miz the opportunity to mentor a little bit, but also Theory gets to kind of sponge off of the Miz in terms of getting those crowd reactions. I think it's a smart play. I like the handicap match person. I even kind of thought it was interesting that the Miz won the contendership because there was a thought here in my head. And again, you can tell me I'm, I'm way off base. No, I think we're, we're, I'm picking up what you're putting but down. But I, I feel like there is a triple threat here for the United States championship in a way because the Miz won 
So I think at some point it's going to come around to maybe Champa Ali and Miz and Theory in a fatal four way because maybe that'll work. I don't know, but I think that there's a hodgepodge here of like eventually I think the Miz and Theory have to happen at some point, right? Because well, so yeah, that's my next question to you is because I thought that immediately. I'm like, okay, they're kind of pulling a bait and switch here because I think Ali has to go deal with Champa, but that leaves Miz and Theory here kind of by themselves for the U.S. title. Obviously, they're both heels. They're both guys who get a lot of the heat on the show. My first thing was like, man, are they really going to turn Theory babyface already? I don't think so because I think he's so effective as a heel, but he ain't turning Miz babyface. So I think, yeah, I think we might be looking at some hybrid triple threat, fatal four-way thing. Um, obviously, Money in the Bank coming up too, kind of like intersperses the feuds, but I think that's kind of what I was thinking too. But I also like, I think as much as I like this like Miz theory buddy-buddy thing, when Miz turns it and you're going to be like, no, I want that. That's going to be good, too. So I just this is like what I mean, where I liked a lot of the intermediate stuff on Raw this week. I thought like the like the middle of the sandwich was very good. Like you had some nice fresh meat. The cheese melted perfectly. But I felt like the bread and maybe the toppings around the edges, which are kind of hold it together, were kind of weak because they were just kind of lazy. But like you had a really nice cut of meat in that sandwich. You just had to find it. And maybe if you just ate that by itself, it would have been a great freaking week because, yeah, I thought this was strong and the other things we've talked about. So it just it's. This, like, I, I think that's good, though, in the long run for Raw, because it's a three-hour show. We need a lot of these intermediate storylines to be successful. So in terms of that, they did well. They just kind of got to fix up the edges now. And, yeah, it's almost lunchtime. I'm a little hungry, okay? Leave me alone. Welcome to Monday Night Cold Cuts. <laughs> that's what I felt when I was listening to you. Now I'm fucking hungry. Whatever. Hey, you know what I mean, though? It's like you got a nice cut of meat, but it's like everything else Dude. is kind of lackluster. Dude. So it kind of like took away from you it. Don't have to, you don't have to tell me shit. I understand. I, I yeah. love deli meat. I, it's fine. I me mean, too. I right now I could go for a real nice calzone, actually, to be honest with you. Mm, what kind? I don't know. I keep thinking Lakasha's. Remember how we used to go to Lakasha's? Oh, that place is great, yeah. Yeah. What a shout out. Not a sponsor of the show, but go to Lakasha's Bakery. It's great stuff. Yep. The original Burlington Jobber. The original Jobber Wednesday. Just, yep. just FYI for an off- uh, maybe shout an out. audience of two. But we're all we're all different people now. Uh, anything else shine worthy? Because honestly, I mean, the one last note I did have is I'm like I still I did like how Seth and Cody kind of did take their feud to the next level because sure. it's been a lot of the buddy buddy like glad handing. We saw Seth start to do it, but like I thought this was important because if this is going to be a long term feud, it's like you got to turn a little bit. It's been a month, so they started to turn it this week, and it got physical. And obviously, sitting seeing Cody hit the Cody cutter in the suit, Seth in the bright pink, and Cody throwing his probably like really expensive rental jacket into the crowd that rental Seth is probably going to have to That's buy his, now. Baby. You don't, I mean, you can't, you don't buy all those. A lot of those, like these, like you rent those and then you return them. So I thought that's what I'm going with because I think it just adds to the story and makes Seth even matter at him. So I don't know. I thought, I thought that segment was well done. It obviously like, they've been so good this first month. Like to say it was better than me, that would be a lie, but it's obviously not bad, but I did like how he turned it up and Cody was like, yeah, I've been a nice guy. Now you're kind of being a dick. So you're going to get the nightmare. You know what I mean? So I did like that they turned it up a little bit. I thought it was needed for Sunday. So uh- this is the million dollar question, and I wanted to pose this to everybody. Post it on Twitter, and I'm curious because I, I stand a certain way here. They, you know, Seth Rollins really turned up the heat here when he talked about Dusty Rhodes, right? He turned up and said Dusty Rhodes wasn't WWE championship material. So I pose the question to you and anybody else that's listening out there. For me, the answer is no. And I say that barring the fact that he was a three time NWA champion. Amazing. He was everywhere and anywhere that he could be in the 70s and 80s. He did have stints in the WWF, and he did do things, you know, in the WWE. He has incredible mind, probably the best mind in the business in terms of innovation, 
all these things, Hall of Famer, all these things. But you can say that about a bunch of people, right? You can say that about a bunch of people. And the reason I say there are, are multiple reasons, JC, but this, these are my arguments. I'm sure you're going to, you know, take them and, and, and crumble them to a, to a pulp like you normally do. But here are my thoughts. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cater to the Cody fan at heart, right? This is, this is why I look at it this way, right? The American Dream Dusty Rhodes is one in a million, right? In that aspect of that, that portion of the audience, he's the guy, right? But uh, transferring that from the Southern roots over to WWE is very hard. We've seen that not a lot of people go from the territorial to the big time. And it was like every time he was there, somebody else was uber over or somebody else was uber, you know, like in the way, essentially, that he couldn't become the guy. But he also was so good at the, the place that he was at that he just needed to stay there to make his money, and he did what he did, right? And then he got to WCW. He was the booker. He did all that stuff. He didn't make himself the champion. He did a bunch of awesome stuff there with war games, and the list goes on. Then he became part of the WWE and lent his expertise there and did a great job, you know, ushering all those NXT guys and girls, doing a great job there. But here's what I really think it comes down to. If Dusty Rhodes is championship material then Cody Rhodes' storyline doesn't mean jack shit to me. The fact that his dad may not be WWE Championship material makes me want to see Cody Rhodes win that much more. I think if you already, like, look at it this way, right? In, in, a, in a fictitious other realm, right? Dusty Rhodes wins the big one in WWE, right? Now, no, like Cody's story isn't a story. Right, because it's not a story he because it's, yeah. he won. And also, now you have the story that nobody wants, which is, is Cody going to live up to his father? Which we know the answer to, which is, it's an insurmountable task for that guy to go. But the fact that his dad didn't win and wasn't considered. His brother didn't win. His brother didn't win, wasn't considered. Now you can say there's a litany of reasons for either of those things to happen. But in order for Cody Rhodes to be championship material, in this world, those things need to happen. And so when I look at it, I say, I don't want Dusty Rhodes to be WWE Championship material because now Cody Rhodes is going to go big, win the big one. And that moment is so much bigger. That's going to be a moment like you, it's not going to be a Kofi Mania moment, but it's going to be like a moment that you remember for a very, very, very long time. And it's hard to come by those, uh, you know, organic moments because, you know, storylines don't match up. This is just historical thing after historical thing. Yeah. That's the way I look at it because I don't want him to be WWE championship material. I don't, I don't think Dustin, I mean, Dustin's one of the best I've ever seen inside the ring, but obvious different reasons why he didn't still get doing there. it too. Right. And he's still doing it at a high level. You've watched him against CM Punk. Great level. But I think for Cody Rhodes, he needs his dad not to be WWE championship material. His dad may in fact be the original B plus player in some way. So I think that's that's where, like, you're right. But I'm going to kind of like, this is where I have to throw the words at you because I think it's two different discussions. I think, yes, for, like, Cody's story, it's good that he never won it um, and it, the way it played out. But the problem I have is with the phrase championship material because when I look at that, I'm, I look at a lot of guys and I'm like, yeah, this person can be championship material. That doesn't mean I think they should win it because, like, you hit on the big thing right at the beginning of the argument. It is a numbers game. Like right now, the problem in WWE is you have the fucking big dog at the top of the food chain. And for you to overcome him, you got to be a different level. So at this point in time, it's hard to envision anyone besides him being there. So that's why Cody and Drew, it's like they feel like the guys, but it's like it can't be now. 
So it's like you're kicking the can down the road. And anytime you kick a can down the road, you risk the chance of that expiring. So it's, it's to me, like it's, it's that numbers game. And obviously like a lot of time when Dusty was doing it in his prime and all these things, like I was either very young or not born yet. So I, I didn't live through it. So it's hard to look at it. So I can only look back and see what's perceived and how history was written. Um, so do I think he was championship material? Yeah, probably. Do I think he should have won it? I don't know if I can fully answer that. I do agree from the Cody perspective. It's awesome that he didn't because it adds to the story. But back then, like if I was alive, maybe there's a lot of guys we look at all the time being like, man, that person could have been a, bit, a great champion. Even with the two titles in WWE, people still don't get those opportunities. I mean, look at half the roster AEW signed. It's all guys that people thought should have been a WWE champion. It's like, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I look at a lot of the guys that went there. And I'm like, yeah, Rusev definitely could have been, but he wasn't. But that doesn't mean he's not WWE championship material. He was, he just never got it. So it just, it's, I think it's a, always a tough argument to make it. But obviously the part we agree on is for Cody's story, the way it played out is perfect because we're going to have this incredible journey of Cody hopefully getting to that mountaintop and achieving what his father couldn't. Like that's like you hit on one of those moments in wrestling that you're going to remember forever. But to say Dusty Rhodes like wasn't championship material, I think is probably false. Um, and I think if you're making that argument, you probably just hate American dreams. There's my low dig. I had to get a low dig in there on you. A low dig. But, a low dig. Yeah. But no, in all seriousness, I do. I wouldn't say that he's not championship material, but I can't say that I don't think he should have won it. You know what I mean? It, to me, it's two different arguments. Because right now, I was having a discussion with our boy Dom uh, in our in our knocker thread like, a couple days ago about Mustafa Ali, where he thinks like he really can be the face of the company, like world champion type guy. And he thought Kofi really did take his moment, blah, blah, blah. I think the world of Mustafa Ali and I would put him as a guy like, yeah, I guess I could put him as championship material with the right run, like a Rey Mysterio type run, because here's the biggest issue with him is you look at him in the rain with Miz and theory. He looks smaller than those guys. So when you start putting up against the heavyweights, he's really going to be like dwarfed. So it's, that's always a perception that is tough to overcome, but is he championship material? Yes. Do I think he's ever going to win the championship? No. So that's kind of what I equate this Dusty Rhodes conversation to is kind of like the conversation I had with Dom where it's like, you know what? I'm rooting for Mustafa Ali and I hope for your sake, Dom, if he gets it, you call it, you were right. And that's awesome. I just personally don't think it's going to happen because there's so many guys he has to overcome to get up there. You know what I mean? And for Dusty, I'm assuming it was a similar thing where it's like you said, it's like there's only one title. So to be better than all those guys, it's really going to be there. And there's going to be some story behind it for those guys that, maybe aren't like the Roman Reigns that have the look or the Bobby Lashes, the Brock Lesnar's or the Seth Rollins who are incredibly gifted and like we're called prodigies of the unages. Like it's a different road and it's a lot harder to achieve, but that doesn't mean they're not championship material in my opinion. So maybe I should have framed the argument differently. I would say should have been WWE champion. I th- yes, I, and that, and that I think is fair. a thing, yeah. That's fair. I'm just picking out your words, but I just want to make that separation because that's how I think like – there are so many guys where I can go championship material. Yup, yup, yup. But it'd be like, do I think they're going to become champion? Probably not. But it would, but I, you can't ever say never because with some people, like, you know, the top talent is there. It's just like they have a lot more hurdles to overcome. Sure. And that's fair. I think for me, I should have said is Dusty Rose. Should he have been champion? The answer for me is no, because he could have been championship material. But I think that back then and even to the 80s and 90s, there were so many things that they just you know, Hogan must pose, you know what I mean? And Hogan had to get the belt back. And, I, and having a, another person be a Hulk Hogan, it, it doesn't work that way, right? So you can't you can't do it that way. But the other thing, too, here is about Dusty Rhodes is he was so great at what he did in that, in that whole thing. But I don't think that Vince McMahon would look at him and say, that's my guy. 
right? He had him, and he didn't think that was his guy. He made the poor guy wear polka dots, and he still made it work, right? So, I mean, he was thankful for him, so it is what it is. But, you know, it's never going to happen for Dusty Rhodes. It's never going to happen for, you know, Dustin Rhodes, the natural. And then it happens for Cody. Now, you can sit there, and you can you can argue. That's fine. We can We can move on. But my argument is you could make an argument that says the pecking order is Dusty, Dustin, Cody, which to me is more egregious sometimes because it's two people ahead of him that aren't champion and one well, does I become think, champion. I think the reason I could see if people want to argue that now, sure. that's fine. But like Cody is the farthest one from being a finished product. Oh, it's yeah. one of those things like in five years when we look back and he has multiple world title reigns, he's main evented at WrestleMania. It's like, it's not even going to be a discussion anymore at this point in time. Yeah. It can be a discussion because in WWE, he was a mid Carter, his entire first run. And then AEW, like he never got to the mountaintop either. He did a, like every other promotion he went to, but like, his journey with the second tour in WWE has just begun. And now we're seeing the potential where it's like, yeah, he would be number one on that list if things play out, but they got to play out until they do. I think that's fair. So I'm, I'm not arguing against that. Not a, and again, this is just the conversation we're having here. Cause it's interesting. Cause it, again, what I want is that for this to be a narrative throughout the entire Cody Rhodes run, like just take a shot at his dad every once in a while, not every week. Don't drag his dad through everything. Every goddamn week. We're going to get tired of it. But when it counts, you know, when he goes up against the big dog, you know, I expect something to be said where it's like, you know, your old man gave me all his tricks. You know, something like something like that. And like, I just improved upon it because your daddy could never hold these. You know, something like that. Like, I'm in. I'm in on it because Roman's going to find a way to craft it in a way that makes us go, hey, you fucking son of a bitch. Yeah, and that, that's why I thought this week that segment hit the mark because... They built to this moment to Seth like going low like that. Like it's been a month. Like it was time for Seth to turn it up uh, a couple days before they had to fight on pay-per-view in their second match. So I'm curious to see when we get to predictions, uh, how we think that's going to play out because I think uh, there's a good argument either way, but uh, Nestlemania, I think that was pretty good, but we think, uh, you know, it might be your favorite time of the Let's show the now. Heat, folks. Let's go. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. I could go express lane, but I'm going to start where it hurts. We're going to start with the steel cage match. JC, your thoughts. <sighs> Steel cages. I, I fast forwarded it. I had no interest. Good job, Sorry. Mac. One, let's move on from something that was even remotely fun. Here's something that really gets me really going. Here we go, folks. Ready? We're going to have a beat the clock challenge. For what? Why are we having a beat the clock challenge? To show off. Two jobber alerts. Fantastic. But what we're going to do here is usually in a beat the clock challenge, you're supposed to have the winner get something because there's an advantage. Like they go in last in the elimination chamber. They get last in a battle royal. Or I don't know, they get to pick some type of stipulation. But you know what we got? Just Hey, I beat that bitch in 150. Did you? No. Fuck you. I'm the best. It didn't need to happen. It could have fucking happened without the Beat the Clock Challenge. I was so angry because all I could sit there and think about, JC, was what the fuck am I watching? Why? You're watching bragging rights. Remember that pay-per-view? And it you, lasted you, for so long. It lasted Rousey for so long. Rousey got what they fight for at uh, Survivor Series. Yeah. Bragging rights. Bragging so, rights. Go fuck But yourself. I will say, Nestlemania, Leah 317 just said she got the main event, SmackDown. So there you go. There's your positive spin on it because the rest of it was hot garbage. I just, and, and then there's poor Gulak. Poor Gulak. You know, here's yeah, you know what? Gulak oh. is the best thing for Charlotte right now, man. He is the best thing for Charlotte right now. Gulak, I don't know if I said this last week, and maybe my brain is just fried from having two children, but... I want Gulag very much so, and the more I think about it, to manage Charlotte. Like I, I, I that would be an interesting I want, turn. I want her to beat him up every time she loses. Like I would be into that. I think that'd be funny. I really do because I think Gulag does a great. He's a great foil. 
He's just so yeah. good at being a foil that I think this is the positive spin on it because this is just complete nutter. Like, if this is the last it's match, the of the best night, part of the Charlotte Rousey feud, and it's not close. No, and it's got Charlotte and Rousey, and I'm watching Gulak. I'm watching. Wow. I'm watching Drew Gulak cheering for Gulak. I mean, you've always been a Gulak. I guy, have. I've been a Gulak. But guy. we're all enjoying Gulak right now. I just, I just, I can't. I JC, I can't do it. I, I, I am sitting here going. You know who's going to say I quit? The whole fucking audience with their fucking remotes. That's what hey, that's so many. As of this moment, right now, it'll be the best women's match on Sunday. <laughs> And we're going to leave it at that. Because if you're the only one, you can't be beat. Uh, got, hey, we'll see. You don't have to be great. You just got to be first. Or yeah, only. we'll see if first that changes. We're going to change this now. I think we have to bring this up here. Because my biggest heat of the week is they have been going full fucking send on unifying these tag titles. They've hyped it up. RK Bright Usos. It feels like it's going to be this amazing thing. It's the centerpiece of this pay-per-view where it didn't seem like Roman's going to defend either of his titles, which is ridiculous and it's annoying. But whatever. But WrestleMania on SmackDown, out of the blue, they're like, no, you know what? We're going to take this awesome thing we've been hyping for a week and hyped as the main event in the full point of this pay-per-view and just turn it into your run-of-the-mill main event for Raw or SmackDown. We're going to make it a six-man tag. Holla, holla, holla. And it's just like, what? You've literally been building this pay-per-view on where you're not defending your world titles and you're treating the tag titles like they are the main event. And that's awesome. RK Bray and the Usos can't think of two better people in WWE to main event a pay-per-view for the tag titles. And they just completely just drop it. Like, it seems like they're kicking the can down the road and they're just like, oh, yeah, we're going to do a six-man tag with Roman and Drew. We're just going to get them involved. And it's just like, what? What are we doing? Like, what? Why? What? 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 And then they, like, then uh, on Raw, we get to Raw and they just start the show with a brawl and they're like, oh, woo! And they go to break like they always do. Then they come back. And they replay the entire brawl three minutes later. It's like, why are you replaying what we just saw? Like, thank God I watched this on delayed. I can just go, boop, 32X because it saves me about 15 minutes. Are you kidding me? They turned this fucking awesome tag team feud into a pile of heaping shit this week. You know what it is? It's the Mac factor. I'm convinced it's the Mac factor. You can't have him fanning flames with his damn sword anywhere near anything good. I'm telling you. I, I sat there. And again, I love, I, love a good, I love a good story. What are you laughing at? Yeah, we'll spell it because you're just shitting on Max. So I can just picture everyone listening, just yelling at this thing. Shut up! You always guys always shit on Drew McIntyre. I can't believe you're shitting on him. All right, now that we got out of that slimy short bullshit, and here's here's the real thing, right? Like, I just can't do it. I, you know, like I actually was excited for the unification because you same, and you talked me into it. So I was like, okay. Let's fucking do it. And then we get to this whole thing where it's just like, I, I talk to Dom. Dom and I sometimes have like late night texts where it's just like, Ooh. it's not that. He's not asking to come over or anything weird like that. It's you just, up? No, no. You up? Anyway, besides that, Dom and I talk about random things. And he was, he was bringing up this point. He goes, do you think it's a panic move, right? Like, did they think that the match itself couldn't be on last without Roman Reigns? And then you had to have somebody else, but is Roman still hurt? You know, if he's really hurt, is this just an easy way to do all these kind of menagerie kind of you know like uh smoke and mirrors if you will you know and and we had that uh, but it's hard right like you sit there and you, you start to wonder is roman reigns really hurt probably not he wrestled overseas he he was acknowledged with his shirt off and the people went nuts and then you know the mac's in there you can't have the mac versus uh the 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 chief because they haven't really done anything with it they don't want to waste that one so they just threw it together and they ruined probably the main event and here's the other thing too jc do you think this is going on last? Or do you think Ronda and uh, Charlotte are? I think I don't. I think now you probably shouldn't put it on last. They might, but I don't think. 
We do have to, I think one thing we do have to wait for is because SmackDown, there's still a chance they could make this a winner take all. And obviously that would main event. Right. I don't think they're going to do it, but there's a chance they do. So if that's the stipulation, sure. But if not, then yeah, it sure feels like it has to be Rousey Charlotte or hell, even Seth Cody would be a better main event. So, yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm all for it, but. It's it's a rough go. It's a rough fucking go sometimes. Speaking of a rough go, WrestleMania, because not only did you have that to kick off Raw, but then they set up a six-man woman tag for later in the night. And then immediately following that, guess what? After we get the recap of the potential six-man tag on Sunday, we have a six-man tag with a Zeke. The, I do say the Zeke Prophets is a fucking hilarious name. But then the even better is KO with the Alpha Academy. Mwah. Chef kiss. And WrestleMania, the one positive, fucking Chad Gable got a win, baby. Always love to see that. But yeah, no, I mean... This was just like, ah, uh, the, 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 here's the thing is like the two six person tags this week. I think they were kind of fun. I actually did watch them. Like I didn't not enjoy them, but I just like, it's one of those things with the rods, like too much of the same thing. Like it's too much fucking shit going on, man. You have, you can't book this lazy. It's lazy to have all this six, six person shit going on. I agree with you. And our boy right there, my, uh, my boy, Ryan from uh, Detroit, the Milana fantastic. He's in, uh, look, I'm happy to see him by the way. I hope you're doing good. Um, listen, it's right. It's a clusterfuck. Six-man tags in general, I'm allergic to them, folks. You know that. That's me. I'm allergic to six-man tags, six-woman tags, any person tags besides tags. But here's the thing. It's just hard. It's just so aggravating. And you know what's funny is that literally I did not watch Raw Live, and then all of a sudden my phone blows up at 8.15 with just text. And I was dying and I was watching this. There. I'm like, this is like the best of Nestle the first hour I, of Raw. I'm sitting there having a lovely evening with my family and then a lovely evening with my wife. Then I get blown up on my phone going, oh, he's going to love this. And all I could think about was, motherfucker, I just want to have a nice night. And then, of course, I'm sitting there in the dark watching Raw because I can't make a goddamn noise. And I'm sitting there violently shaking while people are sleeping. And it just it aggravates the fuck out of me. Because, look, here's the thing, right? You could eradicate six-person tags in WWE. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. The outcome could have been the same and it was great to put everybody together. I understand that everybody gets TV time and these kind of things, and everybody's probably tired from coming overseas. I get that. Fun match for the crowd. Right. Like, there are positives there to it. Are. It's just, at the end of the day, it's just there's too much of the same. Oh That's why we God. literally, it's like the you, you get them every week, and they have to throw together a main event. It's like you make things more special when you do less of the same thing. And another thing, uh, jumping off of what you just said, JC, why are we going to get excited for a six-man tag with no benefit, no nothing on Sunday? If we've seen six-man tag or six-woman tag palooza leading up My to point. it, it's like, it's like, oh, why would you go to a steakhouse and eat steak all the week? You know what I mean? I don't know why we're still talking about food this week. You're making me awfully hungry. I mean, but we record at lunchtime, dude. I'm just saying, like, why would you go and do that? So I just... Yeah, I, this was the shitty bread of the sandwich I was talking about earlier, you know? Oh, my God. This this Six-person bread. It's like that. This is a bad multigrain. Six of the worst grains would you, you can put ask it, for. Would you, if you had a big stack sandwich, would you put a piece of bread in there for, like, just safety sake to hold it up high or would you just go meat to cheese and, and everything else in the middle no i don't need more bread than there has to be man i want that meat and cheese to like overflow okay. my mouth okay I, i'm just asking i'm just asking for you know texture context really texture well i mean sometimes bread is good texture that's all okay i'm just i'm just saying look it's 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 rough i mean he, yeah we made the joke teddy long is running <laughs> behind the scenes doing everything holla 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 uh but it sucks right like how how do you how do you fix this, right? Like, you could have Street Profits versus the Alpha Academy for the umpteenth time. The fact that they made Zeke in there was good because he kind of freshened it up with his talent. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it doesn't seem like, like, again, like, watching it, it wasn't bad. I enjoyed it. And the same thing with the women's main event. Like, I enjoyed it. It was cool to see all these people mix, but it's like, 
you have you're headlining on a pay-per-view with one and then you do this immediately it's just like everything's too close together it's just this you gotta space things out and that's unfortunate it's just unfortunate the way it, like this week it just like it was like a six-man tag bingo it's too much oh i, I don't i don't disagree here i really don't I don't. Should we go in the back door now, though, for the next segment? You want to? Go ahead in the back door. Go ahead. Backwoods. Nestlemania. The backwoods, once again, used as a finisher. Eight. Um, We're at eight. But then immediately, of course, the, in WWE tag person fashion, is they immediately book Sheamus and Kofi, and Sheamus beats Kofi. So we're 50-50 booking this feud. Eradicated. It doesn't matter. Yep. Fuck it. Whatever. And by the way, you, you know what I realized real quick? Uh, just something that, that really bothers me. I really think they should rename WrestleMania Backlash to WrestleMania Undo. And I'll talk about it more in my predictions because I feel like we're just gonna do the opposite. It just, it, it, I can know, see it. You know what I mean? It's just like it's like 50-50 booking the pay per view. You know what I mean? Like it just, it, it's it, it's asinine. It's asinine. It really is. I, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it one fucking bit. But whatever. I think that's pretty much on SmackDown. All I had that was very upsetting. I'm gonna go over to Raw very quickly because uh, you know, I, I, I'm curious how you feel about this with the Omas. Lashley thing. I like the entrance of Bobby. I like the doom, 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 like the Herculean drum kind of thing. Your boy Cedric was not in the shine. Hey, he got a match. He got a match, which I was sitting there thinking, oh my God, could he potentially be part of the Omos business? I don't think that's going to be a thing, though. No, I I like, obviously, whenever I watch this, like, I get excited, like, oh my God, Cedric and Shelton with Bobby again. Like, maybe that's what they need. They can have Cedric talk for him. But it just, it's, I like, I just like when you call upon history. It's something that makes sense. Cedric, like, going behind Shelton's back, being like, hey, Shelton's not here this week, MVP. We had a good thing going. He's like, can I ride the coattails again? You know, am I kind of be part of this thing? And and he did. He got shot. MVP said, like, no. But then Omos is like, oh yeah, why don't you go prove it? So it's just like them using him as like a, tool to yeah. kind of like get an edge on Bobby. So I didn't mind it. I thought like in terms of where this feud is and what this feud is, it worked as a segment this week. So it's not really heated. Obviously isn't shine worthy, but it just, it's, it's one of those things where it made sense. It's kind of pushed things forward. It gave you a little bit of something different as we head into the rematch. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. I, I thought that it was weird. I know why they did it, but I feel like, what are you laughing at? You it's weird. It is weird. It's weird. It is weird. I don't weird. like it because Cedric Alexander it hurts my heart. It hurts. It hurts my soul when I look through at him. the darkness. He will rise. I don't know. The he's rest fine. Of it. He's no, it's fine. Just, it's just I know what he's doing. It's just it sucks because all I could think about was if you have Omos and the hurt business, and then so here's the thing. For you me, can't. The problem is it's tough because like it, like if they just redid the hurt business with Omos instead of Lashley, Lashley was like the centerpiece of the hurt business. So I feel like if the hurt business to so go with that name, it has to involve Lashley. MVP and Omos have to be something different. That's my biggest thing with it. So it's like I don't, I don't think you can just be like, oh, big we're business. just gonna be you like, just call them big business. Yeah, but like it's like MVP and Lashley were like the co-owners. I feel like it just it fits Lashley more because he was the guy. He was the yeah, main he event. Wasn't, There's he no was, hurt he business wasn't the without Bobby business. It was the hurt yeah. business with the hurt lock. I understand. But now I'm going over to big business, huge business, yeah, call it big colossal business, business, whatever Col- you want. Colossal business. We're not going to do big business. We're going to do colossal business. That's fine. It works. It hurts my feelings, JC. That's all I'm saying is because what if we have Shelty next week? Shelty versus Omos. Shelt- I'm assuming, I mean, well, they have the pay-per-view, so we'll see what happens in that uh, match. Uh, I'm assuming this is one event. of those. Premium live event. Let's lose our vernacular. Yeah, premium live event. I'm assuming this is one of your 50-50s you're referring to because 50, I probably 50s. agree here. 50-50s? This is yeah, a Yeah, because last year won a Mania, so I oh guess he's going to win on Sunday. There's four out of six matches that are redos from WrestleMania. It yeah, that's how it is. So here's the thing with Backlash. It's like how it is every year, and usually Backlash has some incredible matches because it's like try two, but it's just like, you know, it's 
It's upsetting. It's a rematch. It's upsetting. It is what it is. Speaking of things that upset me, we're going to talk very quickly for three seconds about stupid 24-7 championship nonsense. Here's what made me so angry, right? I'm not going to talk about everything. So here's the thing. Dana gets pinned in a backstage thing with Nikki Ash. She didn't have the wherewithal. Hold on, folks. Right. So imagine that I'm and people watching and uh, listening. Excuse me. You can't see this. I'm I'm doing it. But you imagine I'm on the ground, right? She didn't have enough wherewithal to kick out. But after three, JC, she gets up like the Bride of Frankenstein and goes ah! and does this. Sorry, my headphones fell off. We're professionals here. Um, and. All I could think about was, bitch, you didn't even kick out at three, but you had enough wherewithal to scream. And then here's the other giant nonsensical thing that I, and again, asking for sensical things in the, the 24-7 championship. Yeah. <laughs> That's a stretch. A lot. I get that. But here's, here's the other thing, right? So Truth is now a divorce attorney whatever, which I'm sure will be another funny thing next week. But here's the dumb thing that I could think about right here. What is the one thing that everybody in that entire division cares about, right? The championship, right? Dana is married, you know, in storyline, to Reggie, right? And the bitch says she wants a divorce, right? So that means, regardless, that Reggie is now a co-champion after the divorce. That's where they have to go because it's 50% of everything, depending on where you are and what state. But I'm just saying, JC, if it doesn't become 50%, this is this is just getting this is getting out of hand. Maybe it'll finally. I'm praying to God. Maybe we're done with this bullshit. Maybe we're no, actually, we're not. We're definitely not. Somebody backstage really loves this shit, and it drives me insane. I thought I was going to do it. I, I, it's my fault. It's my fault. I take a hundred percent of the blame. I really do because the twenty four seven championship was dog shit from the beginning, and then I was like, oh Reggie and Dana, that got me excited, and then look what happened. Yeah, it is your fault. It's it was upsetting. It was very, very upsetting. <sighs> very upsetting. Just saying. I don't I know just, what to think. I don't know what to think anymore. I, I have nothing to say on this fucking 24-7 title. Nothing. Okay. I do have, though, uh, WrestleMania. Uh, like, I'm going to call this JC Got Mad Online segment of the week. So here's my thing. It's just like it's just like a little. It could be something different every week, but there's things every week that make me mad online because you have the fucking little keyboard warriors fucking piss me off. So here's something that that bothers me all the time. It's just like we have all these insider nerds who report all this information. Some of them charge money for people, and you know what? Everyone, all of them are this these scathing articles about how Roderick Strong asked for his WWE. See all the time with WWE stuff, but at the same time, stuff is happening where Stu Grayson's just pulled off the AW roster page, and none of these nerds know anything about it. They're just like, oh no, no, yeah, yeah, no. It's just like it's the biased reporting with WWE versus AW. Just make it equal. We know you all want to suck Khan's little cock, his little fucking frosted cock, and then, so you just like all this shit. So it just that stuff bugs me. We've seen it all the time. Little insider nerds, you stink. You know, it's stupid. But I do think also what we have to bring up here is that um, speaking of asking for releases or releases, uh, NXT did let go a, a, a crop. I believe it was nine individuals, including Dakota Kai and Malcolm Bivens. Persia Prada and Dexter Loomis were like the highlights. Obviously, we hate to see this shit happen. But when you're hiring at the rate WWE does, it comes to the territory, sadly. Sounds like maybe some of these people didn't want to resign. That's probably they were let go. Some were surprised. So, yeah, I, th- I, I think it kind of sucks. But it is what it is. I think especially the four I mentioned are probably going to have no issues getting work. So I'm curious if maybe there's some spots where you think some of these people may pop up. I mean, Sam Shaw on an Impact makes the most sense because Dexter Loomis was definitely not supposed to be in NXT for that long. And he is. So he seems like impact worthy for me. I think that'll be a good home for him. Uh, Persia, I mean, how do you, I mean, to me, 
that's like you're shanking a punt here. Like she is to me. And again, that was the most surprising to one. To me, here's the thing, right? Like, and again, everybody makes a joke about how much I love Persia, but honestly, I'll tell you this much: just in the ring alone, you look at her and you go, "That's a fucking star." Like, that's a champion. That's a I champion. look at her and I see that's a champion and a viable, reasonable. I she's tall, she's strong, she's young, she's athletic. There's all these things. You sit there and you go, "Like this bitch could beat anybody. She could. She could hurt somebody." And I I believe it, right? So that's to me. That was what bothered me so much, right? Like, it, it bothered me so, so much because she was so good at what she was given that it didn't even seem like it made any sense to me. And then, of course, the other thing that made me, you know, hurt a little bit was Dakota Kai because we all love Dakota Kai for obvious reasons and amazing, amazing talent. So, again, I assume she's going to AEW because it seems like come on over here and enjoy your uh, elevation. She's just that I think that's something that we've seen with these releases is that when WWE really put a focus on like the indie wrestling type shows when they first went to USA, like all those performers are transitioning to AEW because that's essentially what AEW is. AEW is essentially what NXT was when it first launched on cable TV. Whereas I, when I look at the Persias and the uh, Harland who also got released in the Dexter oh, yeah. Loomis, those are people I think that could be top of the card on like an impact. And then maybe from there, since they're so young, like these are like, especially with Persia and Harlan, they're in their twenties that they could become world champions at impact. And then maybe from there, whether they come back to WWE, they go somewhere else where they can take their careers to the next level. So that's kind of the way I look at it. But yeah, Dakota Kai screams, uh, AEW slash ring of honor. And I think Bivens does as well as a manager, uh, because I believe he worked at ring of honor before. Um, so he makes a lot of sense there and AEW's really leaned into having a lot of those. I think he could be like a good counteract to smart Mark Sterling. Maybe even they do something with Jade there because everyone's wants Bivens to manage Jade, which I think is a fucking match made in heaven. I think everyone agrees with that. So I think he definitely ends up there as well. And he could be a, a big time performer for them. The other thing I wanted to, to, to state here, and again, I could be way off base, but it, it started to make me notice this, right? So when you think about the original AEW versus NXT war, I guess if you really want to use, well, I'll use quotations because that's not really a war, but you could think about this stuff, right? AEW was killing NXT for the better part of whatever that time was, and then NXT moved to a different day, and they won, quote unquote. But here's what I wanted to say, JC. Have you noticed, have you noticed that everybody that AEW was beating is now over in AEW? And the ratings are going down. So it's interesting to me that if the crowd chose AEW back then and all those guys were on NXT and they were beating them, it showed that they didn't need them. Now they got them and things are shit worse. I think what it just shows, and this is like my overarching theory where like I'm critical of maybe some guys that are incredible wrestlers, but they're not necessarily great. Like what you're looking for in a TV product. It's just NXT had signed a lot of those veteran types that obviously like they hadn't made it to like the mountaintop somewhere. So they were just really good, like maybe underrated quote unquote people, but the character work wasn't really there, but WWE brought a lot of them in there because they wanted a more triple H even said, he's like, we wanted a more polished product for TV because NXT has always been about throwing the youth out there and just letting them like sink or swim. They're kind of still doing that now. That's what they're doing. They've gone back to and it's working for them. And, but AEW just literally like they kind of had a hybrid of those two where they had some young people that were new and exciting that we didn't really get to see much on TV before. Obviously the MJFs, the Heyman's, like they were more polished versions of that, but you know what I mean? But they were kind of also the hybrid of like those AEW type guys that had like the wrestling. So it was like that nice mix. So obviously they were going to crush NXT because it was a better version of it. But yeah, AEW, I think it's less about the people they're bringing in and more about like 
their product has fully turned into what NXT was, which is a fun product, but in terms of a TV product, it's not going to grow an audience. It's going to flatline with that audience that you have. And then when you get going against more things like sporting events, you're just going to lose viewership. There's no, there's no potential for it to grow. So that's, I think what is more the biggest issue with AEW is that it's also love. They have so many people now that they're not using. So they're leaving a lot on the table. I don't know. It's just, I think there's a lot of different factors going into it, but yeah, it is. You've seen a lot of those people that were like stars of those NXT brands. They work at AEW now and none of them have really like lived up. Adam Cole's come the closest was getting world title matches but he didn't win it you know obviously we know like red dragon they kind of bore us as we've talked about malachi black has done nothing since cody put him over big time andrade just kind of like floats around has a good match once every two months it's like Pac literally does nothing over there i forget he's there's employed too many the there's too many to count and, and dom makes up a great point here he says is it, is it on the talent or is it on the company it's i think it's on the company but it but i i think it's both in a little way because i mean that's some, fair some people are happy to be there that's fine. They're happy to not be in WWE. They're happy to make their independent bookings. That's fine. But at some point, you have to look around and go, this isn't fucking working for me, right? And I think it, they're probably happy that they're getting paid a large sum of money to do what they're doing, and that's fine. I, I would do the same thing. But the, to your point, JC, it is the company's fault because they are bringing in so many different things. But at some point, there has to be like, hey, and I, and I understand people are loving that you know, Tony Khan is being, he's not firing anybody. And this is where it's going to fire Ray up. He's letting, you know, contracts expire. I mean, a lot of those so, WWE releases, it's the same thing. They just don't right. report as that. It's a release because right. your contract's Again, up. We're not resigning. Same thing. Pop me kettle. They're not reporting yeah. the exact same yeah, way. Yeah, they're so, exactly. They're not reporting. That was, that's why I have yeah. an issue with it. It yeah. pisses me off. Yeah, and I understand. Be fair. Understand. If you're going to call yourself a reporter, you need to be fair. If not, you're not a reporter. You're just some fucking dork who's like just fucking charging people, which is just like, man, I feel bad if you pay money for any of those fucking things that people put out. Like, that like use use your money better. Go buy a sandwich like we were talking about earlier. It's Seriously. much more worth your value of however much, even if it's five bucks. Use that five bucks to fucking donate it. Yeah. Rather than that, because those things like that shit's toxic, man. Or you know, toxic. add add the five dollars a month to JC's OnlyFans. It'll be it'll work. <laughs> it's I him, charge a little more than that, it's, baby. It's him and his boxers eating sandwiches. I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I think some people would probably subscribe to that, right? <laughs> probably. I don't know. Somebody out there. I got maybe. a weird DM yesterday. So uh, you, you know, know what? You can tell me off. Some people. Probably. Some people want to take a bite out of JC. Hey, you know what? At least they take a bite out of crime. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, do you have anything else you want to get home? No, for? let's get. We gotta get to. We gotta right, get, we gotta get we gotta Let's go. Let's go, let's go. Let's go. I'll go Glorious. first. Can we go first? I'll go first. Sure. Okay. Here it is. Our boy. Actually, it's your boy because he doesn't really know me very well. But anyway, I want to make sure we have a special shout out to your boy because he did say Wes did say, please talk about how great Wardlow is and this build has he been on. No music, cuffed, domination. He's to the moon. And I agree to Wes's point, and this is where I'm going to use my hope here for, because I think when it comes to Double or Nothing, I think we are going to have the inevitable MF, uh, sorry, MJF. <laughs> MFJ. MFJ, uh, you know, dyslexic. MJF versus Wardlow match. But here's the kicker, folks. My hope, MJF wins. And here's what I'm hoping. I don't know specifics, but they keep teasing, you know, big guys and big guys and big guys. I think that there is a big guy that they've been holding out on. I don't know specifically, but there's got to be a litany of people that are just waiting around to do nothing in AEW or free agency. I think we're going to see a huge win here for MJF because he just lost. We can't have two back-to-back. And I think it's going to be MJF's replacement Wardlow. So then you get... Wardlow cooled off from MJF so we can come revisit that back once he squashes the big guy eventually. And I think that's the way where they're going to separate them because I know, JC, how you like the Velcro separation and then come back together for different things. That's the way I would draw it up if I saw it because 
I think you get the initial win, so MJF can be like, see, bitch, I'm still better than you. You're still a pig, oink, 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 and keep it going. Because I agree with Wes that the handcuff, the no music, and the crowd getting behind him, it needs a longer period of time. I'm not saying he's Goldberg. He needs 175 wins to win the opportunity to win himself back. But I think having a big guy kind of help MJF win will be another layer to this because as much as you love Sean Spears, that's not a, uh, a live event premium or paper. I mean, he's match. a perfect sidekick to MJF, he but he isn't a heavy. Yeah, he's, he's not, he's a, not heavy. a heavy. And I think MJF needs a new heavy. I really do. And I think that this is where it's going to happen. Could you imagine? And I'm just saying this is this is crazy land because I don't think Tony would fi- hire him based on what he did. But who would be like the perfect fucking heater? Fucking Braun Strowman as MJF's new fucking. Oh, my God. I don't think it would happen for a million different reasons. But in terms of like nuclear heat, like the most potential for hate and like across the board would be fucking Braun. Oh, man, I'd, I'd eat that shit up. Right. And honestly, it'd be a better thing for them to joke with like, oh, I came from Vinny. I can send in a good word so you can leave in a couple of years. You know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. It just makes perfect sense. And obviously they've been teasing that uh, William Morrissey will be here on uh, Wednesday. We'll see how that goes. Or sorry, W Morrissey uh, on impact. But uh, our boy Donnie will bone. tell us. He'll hit dummy impact. He'll tell us how great he's doing. I've heard he's, he's uh, rejuvenated his career. I haven't watched a lot of what he's done, but you know, kudos to him for turning his life around. So yeah, there's my hope. Oh, show my hope. I'm heading back to WWE more specifically the raw women's division. Cause I will say, I said, I enjoyed the six woman tag main event. It was cause I thought it kind of highlighted how they have a lot of feuds going on in the women's division. Um, right there. Like, especially like non-title food feuds. You have Liv and Rhea and you have Becky and Oscar. I think that's cool. So that got me thinking, I'm like, well, this is good. Cause you need to start building contenders. Cause much like the rumble, it's now money in the bank season. You got to fill an eight person ladder match. It give me eight people that you can sell me as the winner. And that's the many I'm looking. I'm like, there's a lot of good candidates. My worst here is that Rousey loses to Charlotte again, wins money in the bank, and cashes in on her the same night because, you know what? Why the fuck not? I could see them doing it. That's not my hope, though. My hope, it's someone we've kind of talked about as being, like, kind of on the cusp of the potential and keep falling short, but when they pull the trigger, I think it's a big deal, and it's the person that got the pin on Monday, and that's Liv Morgan. I think she'd be an interesting Money in the Bank winner, mainly because I think Rhea Ripley is the next Raw Women's Champion. I expect her and Bianca, I I think she'll beat Liv, whether they book her for Sunday or whatever, and just kind of knock her down, like, because that's what you do with an underdog, and I think it'll lead to Rhea becoming champion at some point. So I love the idea of Liv winning that money in the bank at some point, holding it and cashing in on Rhea to win the title. I think that would be a cool story. I think, you know, we saw with Nikki A.S.H. last year, you can kind of have Liv, maybe she's probably not going to have a long title run, but if she, I think she does deserve the title run at some point. It'll be a cool moment. We'll all love it. Money in the bank is a great way to get, like elevate that like solid mid-carder to the main event level, even if it's for a short time. So I'm all for it. And I think it would be cool to kind of pay off this feud like this down the line. So that's my hope. Short and sweet. Liv Morgan, woman's Miss Money in the Bank. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hope come true if you just put out into the theory of the world that ronda rousey thing i'm going to hey i I literally when i came up with this hope last night when i was watching raw i was like man charlotte's gonna win i think money in the bank is next if not it's in like two and like rousey i could see it because i'm looking at i'm like they'll probably do they love doing the woman's cash and i feel like is almost always immediately we've seen it with alexa like all this stuff so i'm like man i could see them having rousey win and cashing in on charlotte i just see that's upsetting I don't want to talk about that. Let's let's cleanse the palate. Let's go to the big old finish. I don't want to talk about that shit. Comeback. Don't skip the comeback. Oh, yeah, comeback. See, you got me all upset now. My comeback this week goes to, get this, adjacent to what you just did. I was intrigued by Dewdrop and Nikki Ash. Only because I forgot Dewdrop was existing. 
So that I made didn't. me. I've been waiting for it. So I, I was waiting for the dew to drop, and so to speak. And then Nikki Ash shows up, and after her whole nonsense over there, I'm like, this could be an interesting tag team in a world full of tag teams that we don't have. That is hodgepodge. They make a lot of sense. Hodgepodge anyway. You've got the overseas factor. You've got that. You've got, they're kind of similar in the been forgotten and uh, spastic kind of way if you put them together and there's like the, the power and the flight. There's a lot of symmetry that could be happening with really good tag teams here. And I could, not that I see them beating Naomi and Sasha anytime soon, but I could see it a money in the bank or, or a, maybe even if we wait till September with that Cardiff show, I would be okay with something like that. They rack up some wins for a little bit. I don't know, maybe let it breathe. But I was, I was intrigued because I felt like the women's tag titles, they've always been kind of like, it's the champions, and then, shit, we got to find somebody. You know, so I'm okay with it. I'm really okay with it. Yeah, and I think it's when you don't really have, like, a title for the women's mid-card, I think just by default, the women's tag titles, like, that's a good spot for these, like, really good mid-card women who maybe aren't, like, the champions right now. Like we saw with Lena Carmella. It just kind of elevates them, gives them an opportunity, something to go for, kind of fills out the feuds, makes sure everyone gets TV time. Yeah, they made a ton of sense. And I'm also curious if this is the end for the Nikki A.S.H. gimmick um, because Dewdrop said, are you done playing games? But I will say, if it is the end of it, like, I know, like, as adults, we kind of look on it differently, but... As we said, when this thing was kind of created, it's not really geared for us. And the impact it made for like young women was awesome to see. And I'm just looking at it. It was like a year-long gimmick. So she won Money in the Bank. She won the Women's Championship on Raw. She was a three. She's been a three-time tag team champion. One as with this gimmick. She just became a 24-7 champ. Like that's a lot of freaking accolades for a one-year run for a gimmick that a lot of people like didn't like. It's like, well. She's a Grand Slam champion now. Yeah, exactly. She's Grand Slam Nikki. So, like, if anyone, like, because I've seen arguments the last couple of weeks being, like, how it's a failed gimmick. I'm like, are we, are, are you sure about that? Because, first of all, it's only a year to have that many accolades. You ain't going to find a lot of good gimmicks that come anywhere close to that resume. So, just because you didn't like something doesn't mean it wasn't good. Like, like we said, it's, it's not geared for us. And we understand that as people who come on and are critical every week. But I think a lot of people kind of lose sight of that is like the impact and how awesome this gimmick was and how well it worked, especially for that younger audience. Cause that's what the whole point of a lot of these like types of like superhero, like true baby face things are, are to build that next generation of fans or people that maybe want to get into wrestling. It's just kind of rounding out the fan base where you have someone for everyone. And she represented that well. And I thought like for someone that was probably on the cusp of being cut, like a lot of her former stablemates had and stuff like that. Like I thought she did a great job with this gimmick. Even if it was a one year long run, I don't think you're going to find many better one year runs than what she did. So she's like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, probably. She's the, I mean, she's the female yeah. Brock Lesnar is what you're saying. Shit. With that run. resume. With that run. No one's ever done it before. Women's champion, tag champion, 24 seven. That's first time ever. Money Can't take bank, that away everything. from her. All in one year. Yep. All it's incredible. So, you know, speak, Speaking of incredible, my comeback is actually in the women's division. We didn't mention her in the Beat the Clock Challenge, but Shotzi was back on TV this week. Yes. Maybe not the best showing for her, but you know what? Once you get on TV, it's baby steps because it just reminds the audience that you're there. It was nice to see her. Her and Aaliyah obviously both getting a chance to be out there, even if it was short. But it was good to see Shotzi back. She is a definitely a popular superstar. And, uh, I mean, I love the green hair. When she came out on that tank in NXT, I was instantly a fan for life. Like, I just, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. So she's had me forever. And she obviously, she has such a unique look that she's going to stand out. I think she... She maybe isn't the most polished in the ring as some of the others, but I think she brings a lot of things to the table that people like, and I'm glad to see her back, so she's going to get my comeback this week. Let's hope it's not a one-and-done scenario. 
Let's hope to. I agree. And we've already out of our hope, out of our comeback. Now we go to the big finish. There's a lot to get to, folks. So, JC, I'm just going to let you take over because this is where we go. Yeah, on SmackDown, we have New Day versus Sheamus and Ridge rerun. Sasha versus Shayna because, you know, whatever. But that's all we need to say there. I don't even need your thoughts because it doesn't matter. Because we are going to get to WrestleMania Backlash right now, WrestleMania. We're going to get to it right now. Fuck it. Uh, because that's what the people want. We're going to go WWE WWE. There are six matches currently booked. There will probably be more added. I Maybe. Maybe a pre-show match. Maybe one more match. I don't know. But as of now, we have six. And we are going to start off with a singles match. A rematch of WrestleMania. That'll be a theme. Bobby Lashley taking on Omos with MVP. Bobby Lashley won at WrestleMania. WrestleMania, the screams 50-50 booking. I will take Omos. I believe everything on this will be undone. So I'm going to go exactly the opposite of WrestleMania. Spoiler alert. Omos, Omos, Omos. Like a boogeyman. He's going to win. So next up, I'm going to throw you a swerve then because this is not a rematch from WrestleMania. This is fresh to death. It's been a fun feud on SmackDown. Happy Corbin, one-on-one with Madcap Moss. I would assume this is probably the first of a couple, and a lot of the times the heel wins the first, but Madcap has such good momentum. I could see him stealing this one, and maybe Corbin wins the rematch, so I think it's a tough one to pick, but I am going to slightly lean Madcap. Whoa! With some tomfoolery win. This could be a roll-up WrestleMania. This Uh. could be something. I think he's going to win in a ridiculous way. I, I, I'm picking Corbin because it seems like this baby face needs to chase because what else is he going to do, right? Like, at least you can make jokes. Going. Yeah, great. Make jokes. And then what? I lost. No one's going to like a loser. No, I'm just kidding. I just, I think they'll, they'll, they'll get behind him with a loss here. I really do. I think that this will be better for Corbin to go. See, I told you. So I'm going to pick Corbin. By the way, predictions, baby. So, you know, this blue jacket's got to stay around me for at least a year. Just FYI. I'm not going to give it up because no one's going to fit in my jacket. But My shoulders are too big for that, baby. Uh, next up, we have a rematch from WrestleMania. Singles match. Damian Priest banned from inside. AJ Styles versus Edge. So, WrestleMania, I think Edge won at Mania, right? So, you going yeah. Styles? I'm going Styles because, again, WrestleMania undo. Undo it all. Well, I think that makes sense because I would assume that uh, even though Priest is banned from ringside, Finn Balor is not. So maybe that comes into play or something, or maybe Edge has something else up his sleeve and Balor thwarts it. So sadly, I'm going to agree with you on Styles, but I don't feel super confident about this pick. It's all about the boom, baby. Get out those sticks. Yeah. It's going to happen. Next up, they have it. They don't have it listed as the main event of what I'm looking at, so we're going to do it now. A six-man tag team match for bragging rights, I guess. McIntyre and RK-Bro take on the bloodline. I mean, Roman Reigns is in this, so Roman Reigns does not lose. Like, I don't think he's been pinned, nor does he. I don't think he's He doesn't have to be pinned or submitted to lose in this, So then you can sit there and tell me differently that you're going to pick the fucking RK Bro, whatever, McIntyre, yada, yada. If there are no titles on the line, I think McIntyre and RK Bro win. Okay. If they put the titles on the line, then my pick's going to be wrong. In Vegas odds, tell me right now who you're picking. Let's go. I told you I'm picking Drew McIntyre and RK Bro. But if they make it for all the titles, then this pick's going to be wrong because obviously the bloodline wouldn't that. So I'm just saying, I don't think they're going to let Roman Reigns lose forever. Yeah. Jimmy Uso is going to eat a fucking uh, Drew McIntyre boot. A boot. Then yeah. I'm happy. All right. We got two there left. You go. Yeah. We got two left. A, the rematch from WrestleMania, a singles match between Cody Rhodes and Seth freaking Rollins. Rule of three says Rollins wins this, but WrestleMania. I'm going to pick Cody. I'm going to go against the grain on this one. We're going to throw out a freaking a dart at the board. I hope it hit that bullseye. Give me Cody to win the rematch as well. You are absolutely insane. And Probably. Actually, I'm actually insane because as I'm looking at who I've already picked, uh, I'm the only one picking Rollins. So maybe I'm insane. That's probably more likely. So it's fine. 
Hey, that's maybe that's why you won because you're so insane. You picked the crazy, crazy things. But WrestleMania, one match to go, and dare I say this actually could be the main event now. And I quit match for the WWE SmackDown's Women Championship, also a WrestleMania rematch. Charlotte Flair defends against Ronda Rousey, and it's weird because I think somehow Charlotte could snake her way out of this, but I don't know how you fake an I quit match. So I'm gonna pick Rousey. Okay, I like where you're going with this. I, too, picked Rousey because of WrestleMania Undo. I think that, not that this is going to happen, but I think if I was booking, you know, and of course, why would anybody want to give me the book? But uh, this is what I would do, right? It's an I quit match. Unnecessary ref bump, right? Gulak special enforcer, right? And somehow he fudges up the I quit, so Charlotte loses. Maybe Charlotte doesn't say I quit, but she taps out. He calls it, gives Ronda the championship, and then they're going to say, I didn't say I quit, I tapped. And then we're going to give it back to Charlotte. I hate I quit matches. I do too because there's stuff there that always drives me insane. The only good the only good I quit match I've ever seen was the Royal Rumble with Mankind and The Rock where it was his voice saying that I quit. I thought that was a good ending. But other than this, this is the only thing I could think of is Gulak gets involved somehow, has to be a special enforcer, that whole thing. like that. To me, that's the way you get out of it. You get out of it because you put yourself in quite a corner here. Well, I'm was- getting out of this. I don't want to talk about it anymore. So we're going to go to the beach. Beach breaking. Beach breaking. Six matches booked for tonight on NXT. First up, we have a women's tag match. Natalia on NXT with Lash Legend taking on Cora Jade and Nikita Lyons. Nikita. Um, man, I just, I just was like. Nikita's shit. pinning Lash, right? Or does Natalia pin? No, Natty's going to win. Natty's got to win. She's Natty's going to win. Natty's okay. going to win. I'm picking Natty team. I don't care about Lash. As much as I care about the rest of these people, but man, yeah, Natty's Natty's not losing for not for a while. Wow, I'm gonna take Nikita pinning last, you know. So we're different on that one. Next up, WrestleMania, we have hey! Hey! my boy Tony D, who has goons now, and they gave him names. Taking on Santos Escobar, the fight between the Don and I, Escobar calls himself something. But Nobody I actually knows. am excited for this match because I think this is a fun little feud. But hey, you know what? I'm going with the Don. Give me Tony D. Of course, the Italian boy goes with the Italian boy. Hey! Of course. I, I gotta pick. I gotta pick Tony D because he's on the rise. That's what it is. Yeah. Right? If not, you'd be sleeping with the fishes in WrestleMania. Exactly. So good pick. Or on my windshield, apparently, where they put fishes. <laughs> Next up, we have more main roster folks coming down to Hayne on the beach. The Viking Raiders taking on the Creed brothers, who aren't gonna have a manager this week. I would say Viking Raiders because we're gonna have to repackage the Whitey Tidy Boys. Yeah, which is a shame because I actually had momentum. But oh yeah. well. Next up, we have Grayson Walla, who had the best exclusive ever with fucking Tiffany Stratton, where she was trying to be Mackenzie Mitchell. He pretended to be Fraser. The wig on Grayson fucking killed me. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it. But we have the debut of uh, Fraser taking on Grayson Waller. Um, I would think this is a debut that Fraser might win, but Waller's such a fucking snake. Give me Grayson Waller to somehow snake one out here. I just love that he was like, I wear Seth Rollins' shirt. It's trained by Seth Rollins. I don't think Seth Rollins knows who I am. (laughs) (laughs) He's such a dick, man. He is fucking a gift. He is. He is. But again, I get to pick pick, uh, Fraser because why not? (sighs) Yeah, I think that that could be a good one. Next up, we have probably besides that one, the match I'm most excited for on the card. That is the North American Championship triple threat match. Cameron Grimes putting his gold on the line against Melo. Don't miss. Well, he might if Solo Sokoa has something to say about it. Who he got? I got to pick. I'm going to go with our boy uh, to the moon because he's just got it. He needs to have more wins. Who does he pin? I'm going to say Solo only because they don't really let Carmelo lose very much. 
Like they should. Because I, I, mean, I think if I'm looking at the NXT roster, who's going to beat Breaker someday? It's it's Mello. If if he doesn't get called up before then, I think he's the guy. Um, but I don't know, man. Sometimes I, like this this title is if they're like going to hot potato a title, it seems like this one. So give me Solo Sokoa in the surprise. You know what's the funny? Surprise. Every time I'm tired, I don't drink, so I'm I'm not drunk. But every time I'm tired, I want to call him Solo Sequoia. Because like he's a big tree. fucking tree, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's a fucking Uso tree, you know? He's fucking sap heavy. I yeah. love him. This is, these are three of my favorites. He, so might, be my, he might be my favorite Samoan period. I love wow. him. I really love him. Wow. Which is terrible, I know. I know it's bad for him. So Yeah, no, I that isn't great for him. But I mean, to, to pick him over the entire bloodline. Oh, is, yeah. Oof. I like but him. Hey, I, you know I what? tell you, listen, I'm, I'm high on him. I love it. I, love I am it. too. It, like, it's there. You see it. It's You see it. You see it. He's just, I think he has a little ways to go, but I could see him getting the surprise up. Oh, I'll pick the upset. Why not? Then we have what I would think would be the main event. We have Braun Breaker defending against my guy, Joe Gacy. I will say, though, WrestleMania is that this random turn from, like, the weird acceptance thing immediately to, like, this dark character and then dropping Harland in the middle, it's really kind of killed this feud, which sucks because I think Gacy would have been a great guy to help elevate Braun, but I think with all like the way this has played out, it's just kind of come up so flat. Our boy Dom's written about that on jobbernocker.com as well. Yeah, Dom does a great job. Make sure to check out all of his NXT and his Impact stuff and everything else he does, as well as the Joe Stopper doing AW and everybody else doing a great job. Our boy Conway doing a lot of stuff for NJPW coming up. Uh, he's got a lot thinking about the Forbidden Door, but I do agree with you. I'm going to pick Mr. Breaker because it is goddamn spring breaking, so we're going to do breaking things, right? So that's what he does. Maybe yeah, he'll beach be, breaking maybe with he'll, Breaker. Maybe he'll break an entire beach. I don't know how he'll do it, but he'll fucking He's going to kick through the sand He's going to kick a giant beach ball. You're That's like, what they have to do in his entrance. He has to kick through a sandcastle. Oh, man. If he kicks through a sandcastle, I'm in. Fuck that. Let's do that. Imagine. Dude, I don't even just, care about the match. Just give me the kicking through a sandcastle. Imagine castle. if he just, like, totally shockmasters through the fucking thing and just dives on his head. <laughs> I would. I he'd, He would. He would. That would be the so much Steiner thing to do would be somehow stumbling through a, a sandcastle. JC, we're going to be disappointed. Anyway, I think yeah, we definitely are. And yeah, I think that's but You know what? If anyone's going to come through for us with that shit, it's NXT. So we will see. But Nestlemania, we do have to get to AEW Dynamite very quickly. Like I kind of hit off the top, it's not a very exciting card this week. We have Jericho versus Santana. Who cares? We have the Nestle Open, the Bobby Fish, Jeff Hardy qualifier gets in the tournament, two of your all-time favorites. We have Wardlow versus Question Mark, which we think will be, as you mentioned, Mr. Morrissey, if you can't teach that, it's big cast for those of you who don't know. Imagine if Enzo shows up with him. Oh, God. I'm and then done. we have actually a match that I'm excited for because I'm a big fan of Deanna Perrazzo. She is fighting Mercedes Martinez. I believe they are the co-champions right now. In so room. unifying in that belt. Yeah, but, in a room. Yeah, but it's just one of those things. It's like, please get rid of on their own show. I think Mercedes might actually win because I don't I don't think Deanna is, has anything with AEW. So. I would go and have Britt Baker cost her because Deanna and Britt really want to have a feud. And I think yeah. having Britt they're like best friends though. They're like so. best friends. But I think that'd be, there you go. Shoot, put them over on ROH. Let them do that shit over there. I, you know, whatever. I'm okay with it. Fuck it. Whatever. You know what I, you know what I realized about AEW? And this is where they get me every time. Every Wednesday and every um, Friday. Most of what they put out, not for me. But there's like one thing I want to see. Yeah, there's there's always there's always enough because I think we especially on Rampage. I always look at it. There's like usually four things, three matches in a segment. Like last week, I had to see Hook, right, Danhausen, and that was fucking awesome. But everything else is just like it's so fucking whatever. That's like every week, and then like Dynamite's kind of become that too, where there's so much shit. But it's like I'm not missing the Wardlow MJF segment. No. 
I ain't doing that. Like, so, and then there's usually a match or two that I like, and there's a lot of like good matches, but it's just like, oh, let's have this pointless match that doesn't matter. And oh, let's make Wheeler Utah fucking look amazing, even whatever. So, how dare you? He's the Utah. He's the great Utah. He's fine. I'm glad a lot of people like him. I'm glad a lot of people like Blackpool Combat Club, but for me, it hasn't done anything for me personally. That's all. I don't know. It's weird seeing Brian Danielson just be a jag. Like in WWE, when he was involved in things, he was like the front man. But in this, it's like, I mean, it's just Moxley just, he's like the bigger thing just because he's so crazy, he stands out more. But it's like they're trying so hard to fucking make Wheeler Yuta matter. It's just like these two guys are just off to the side, which whatever, that's fine. But at the same time, it's just, it's weird to me to see a guy like Brian Danielson, who is main event whenever he's out there, just being treated like a jag. Like the spare part in in a stable. That's the problem I have with it is like, I don't think Moxley and Danielson should be in a stable. Never mind being a tag team to elevate Wheeler. It's just well, weird. We're wrong, I'm glad people like it. I'm glad people like it. I just think it's it'll dumb. sell t-shirts. I'm sure that's all that matters. The BCC, not BBC or the BCC or the BBC. Like, you know, the news, BBC. Anyway, never mind. On Ooh, that note, you're talking we, about. I know, I know, I know. And on that note, we are out of time because we talk too much. Uh, and we thank you for listening and watching the Jobber Knocker. We'll be back next week, folks, with more Jobber Knockery. <laughs> <laughs>